I would assume if you abduct like a really little girl and you sort of raise her as your daughter and she is brainwashed and doesn't know that she belonged to somebody else and you're just you're living the normal life but with somebody else's kid that you abducted like I'm not saying that makes sense to me what I'm saying is like like I like I get the motivation right <laughs> right if you're walking you're tiptoeing a very dangerous line but no yeah I get it Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 383 with our review of Room. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, hopefully, this film is playing near you. Uh, we are talking about Room. And, uh, you know, Stephen, we, did, we weren't always in podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I, I'm doing well. Um, I, I started my drinking early <laughs> since we get pushing the podcasting time uh, later and later, and I already opened it, so hopefully this episode goes well. Yep. Are you enjoying that uh, Sunday surprise present that I gave you? <laughs> hey, hold on, I, for- I forget the terminology of room already. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, for a second, I was like desperately trying to think in my head what the hell you were talking about. I was like, is that a reference to the movie we're talking about? But, uh, yes. I don't remember if it's a bad thing or a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I know is we can, we can bake birthday cake. Yeah. No candles, though. No candles. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to have candles in room. <laughs> if I were an annoying little kid, I would be screaming right now. Yeah. Is that the magic from the TV? Uh, anyways hard to have room banter (laughs) it is hard to have room banter once you've been locked up in a room with another person for so long you sort of just you want to go about your day you just want to get up do your exercises you know suckle at the bosom of your mother are we talking about you and me now (laughs) because we work together chris and i wake up and we're locked in a room together all day and now we're trying to talk about room the real question is, which of us is going to sleep in the cupboard? Mm-hmm. Not it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it for us. You and R. Kelly are going to be trapped in there. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, what do you say um, we get into this episode before we keep Let's do it. doing this terribly? Uh, we are going to go attempt to figure out the combination for the lock on the door to our little tiny room while you listen to a trailer for Room. And then uh, we're going to come back and let you know what we thought about this film. Truck. Wiggle out. Jump. Run. Somebody. I'm scared. I know. I'm going to be there in your head talking to you the whole time. Truck. Wiggle out. Jump Jump. when the truck slows down. Run. Somebody. You alright? Jack, listen to me. This is our chance. Thank you for letting us do this interview. We're grateful to hear your story. Thank you to everyone who sent their good thoughts and their prayers. For five years, you made life in that small room, that prison, as nurturing and normal as you could. Mom, I'm five. You're five. So old now. You are so old now. Yep. Hey, do you know what we're going to do today? 
What? We are going to bake a birthday cake. You chose to tell Jack that room was the whole world, that there was nothing else. Good morning, lamp. Good morning, plant. Good morning, sink. I wanted him to feel safe and that it was a great place for him to live. Did you ever think you would be free? I hoped. Hello, Jack. Thanks for saving our little girl. Are we in another planet? Mm-mm. Same one, just a different spot. No matter how sweet the I've been in the world 37 hours. That's us. We push. I see windows and hundreds of cars and birds and grandma and grandpa. Jack, someone here'd like to meet you. No, he will never find us. Everyone keeps asking, are we okay? You have no idea what's going on in my head. Yeah, well, try me. Then every time you look at me, that's all that you see? When I look at you, Joy, I will see my daughter. You're going to love it. What? The world. Okay, so that was the trailer for Room. Um, now, the promotional information for this film, the promotional information and the trailer, basically everything surrounding this film gives away a thing, which when we say it may sound like a spoiler, but it's not technically a spoiler. Basically, a woman and a child are being held in a room, and uh, they try to escape, and this film sort of is their uh, experience in both the room and outside of the room having escaped. Do you have any problem with me saying that much of the plot, Stephen? I have a problem with the trailer saying it, but in light of that, I have no problem with you saying it. Okay, so I mean, but I mean, I think that like my assumption is that the filmmaker intends this to not be a reveal that they escape. That like right. the whole point of the film is to show the relationship between the mother and the son before and after they are in this captivity, right? Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree to that. Okay. If if that seems too spoilery for anybody out there, sorry, I can't take it back. <laughs> but uh, what, you think we edit this thing? Yeah. What have you been living in a room for the last X number of years? <laughs> um anyways, uh so why don't you just start us off, Stephen, and let us know what you thought of this film. Yeah, so I I very much like this movie. Um I think th- it hits a really interesting blend of kind of feel-good, inspirational, emotional movie and, like, very uncomfortable kind of abrasive. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it did a kind of neat balancing trick, I thought. Uh, so one thing, as you mentioned, the tra- the trailer flat out gives away that they will escape from the room. <laughs> um, it even gives away how they escape or like it at least shows scenes of that moment happening. Well, it, and it, it, it shows part of the escape, but like you still don't know how the rug gets to the back of the truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's true. There's still, there's still something there, but yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to go into this not knowing that plot point because I, I think the way this movie takes shape 
even knowing that at that kind of pivotal moment, maybe halfway or two thirds of the way into the movie, I was very invested. Like, like I cried at that moment of the movie, not ashamed <laughs> to say it full on cried. Um, because it just does a really good job up until that point of showing this kind of very sad twist on the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt of like a person who is trapped somewhere and trying to make the most out of their situation. Um, in a sense, Brie Larson is kind of playing the same character. She did in Short Term 12, I think. It's like a a girl who knows how to work with kids in a very difficult place and knows how to kind of speak their language. Um, and I think in this movie, that's just done to really good effect. Like, it, this was one of those things where the the acting was very good in a way that didn't draw attention to itself. Like, for such an emotional movie, there wasn't, like, the scene where I felt like this is the big acting moment that is going to be in the Academy Award nomination clip. But at the same time, I believed that this was a mother and son who are trapped in a room <laughs> in this, like, terrible situation that most movies would play for, like, dread and ominous, like, evil, horrific grandeur. And here it's just like, okay, well, it's a given they're stuck in this room. How would life look for them <laughs> after yeah. that? And I thought that was just super fascinating. Um yeah, so I can talk more, but I want to know first how you like the movie. Well, first of all, let, let me preface anything I want to say about the film um, with just a quick little tale about the entire process of me seeing this film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, th this story is really for the audience right now because you know at least part of this story. Um, but I went down, I drove down to San Diego to visit with my grandparents for their 50th wedding anniversary. And uh, I was making a seven-hour drive up and decided to take a break partway through that drive to go see this film so that we could be talking about it. And uh, so I'm already like, I've already been in a car for two hours. <laughs> then I go to sit down for this movie. Um, because I left two hours ago and I'm stopping at the theater that had the next available showtime, I have a little bit of time. I come in. I had already pre-purchased my ticket. The lady says, oh, it'll be about 10 more minutes before the theater's ready. Go ahead and sit over there. So I sit over there in little, like, fancy little chairs. And uh, there's this dude just walking around. Like, I don't know what he's... I can't tell if he's there for a movie or he's already seen a movie. And uh, then all of a sudden he starts going like, God, this room. I mean, it's like two hours long. I don't know if I had to spend that much time in the room. I just right now went to the restroom. And he just starts making these, like, really stupid jokes. And then he starts talking to a staff member at the Arclight. And uh, he starts saying the same jokes that he was saying to, I guess, no one five minutes ago. And then he's <laughs> like, I do not like this movie. And the guy was like, yeah, blah, blah. And he's like saying whatever. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And then, then they start like having this conversation about the film. He's like, yeah, but it's really like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I just like just get up in my chair real fast and just walk into the theater. I'm like, it's going to be clean. It'll be fine. I'm just going to go because I don't want to hear these guys talk. Well, Arclight is one of those theaters where a member of the staff, before your movie starts, comes out and says, like, hey, my name is this, and you're about to see this movie. It's the same freaking guy who was just talking shit in the hallway with whoever the hell else was, else was in the hallway. Like, now he comes out, and he's like, okay, you're about to watch this movie room, blah, 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 blah. And then the thing he says next is, 
Normally, this is the part of my speech where I would tell you no texting or talking during this film, but let me tell you this. This movie is jaw-dropping. You will be watching this movie, and your jaw will be on the floor, and you won't even be able to text and talk. And he's like trying to like super hardcore sell this movie and how like gnarly it is and how like people in the last showing actually had to leave because it was so intense for them. And I'm mm. like, I'm simultaneously going like, okay, you're overselling it. And you're the asshole who's just talking shit about this movie in the hallway. So I can't tell whether he was like trying to chum up to the guy outside just because he didn't want to be like, you're an idiot. You don't get how good this movie is or what. So I'm like twice mad because I don't, I can't tell where these like telling the truth or not and either way he's just being annoying and he's overselling it so like whatever so i'm sitting through the trailer for this movie oh yeah i forgot to mention that uh an old man and his wife were like having a straight-up argument in the back row <laughs> and this is an aside assigned seating theater so i've already chosen to sit in the back row <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm sitting there they're having this fight and i'm like it's it's i'm, I'm sort of like half paying attention because i don't know whether i'm gonna have to go over there and help this woman <laughs> Mm-hmm. was his name nick <laughs> no, his, his name was not old nick um so he he they, they finally stop the you know the previews are going and this couple come and they happen to bought the seats like one seat away from me and uh she sets her purse next to me which at least her phone was on on silent quote unquote was on vibrate basically and like during the course of the film it kept getting text messages plus this woman was having like overly loud reactions to moments in the films like a person would say a thing that was sort of like funny and she'd be like ah, ha, ha, ha. and then like things would happen and she'd be like oh my god oh my god oh no oh my god and she just kept responding and like and at one point in time she was rocking back and forth in her chair did she start scurrying on the ground playing hide and seek no, it wasn't it wasn't in a she's creepy it was more in the she's like having a panic attack um so this is all to say that like i did not watch this film under the best circumstances mm-hmm. it was uh yeah it's hard to be completely 100 percent emotionally invested in a story when you're dealing with all this shit around you um but that's not to say I didn't enjoy the film. <laughs> I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the film a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. What is interesting about this film is there is so much to unpack that it's really hard for me to gauge what I think. Like, I enjoyed the film. I can't tell whether it's a good Chris movie. Um, the film. Right. The film does a lot of really interesting things. And like, for instance, like the, the beginning, all the time in the room, like. You know me, I love my world building. There's a a ton of stuff they do to really uh, sell the idea of, okay, like, forget the girl. Like, she was born in the real world and she was captured at some point and put in this room. But the boy has never known anything but, but the room. So there's this whole, like idea of like he only knows what he sees, but he does have a TV which shows him the outside world. But what would he gain like where does his world knowledge come from when it's just his mom ate a like blurry tv and a single skylight in the ceiling and i think this the the film and the story that it's you know coming from do a really good job of selling like this this world like like what the kid believes is real um what his understanding is and what would happen if he had those things challenged from him like so there is this aspect of the story that is really really interesting once they get out of of you know room uh <laughs> that stuff continues to build as like the child sort of uh 
tries to relearn what the world is because he previously had like this very finite view of what the world was and now he has all of this stuff around him so there's a lot of interesting things that think the story is doing um there's also a lot of like overly sentimental things that the film tries to do there's uh, for instance you know Brie Larson's character gets gets interviewed by somebody and like the questions are are set up in a very like meant to elicit emotional responses from both her and the audience, I think. And there's a lot of things that the film does like that that I'm not necessarily super convinced was like very genuine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it feels like some things I guess what I'm saying is that there's a lot of things in the film that happen because that would be the most shocking thing to happen or the most biting thing to happen as opposed to like what would be the most realistic thing to happen given the situation you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think i i feel the same way this movie it did have a tendency like infrequently but still enough to try to go for the more sentimental more dramatic moments um i think the scene you mentioned is exactly the one that i very much did not like in the movie um yeah i i can see that i do think given the subject matter it did it a hell of a lot less than i would have expected it to (laughs) like the whole part of the movie that takes place in room that that should have been so darkly dramatic so often like the things that she's going through and the relation with old nick yeah and instead it really is just kind of played as like a a sad fact of life and we get to learn more about how this kid builds his world um rather than focus on the sadness so yeah i kind of forgave it the over sentimentality i think like for the material it did it way less than i would have expected it to yeah, but I mean, but I mean, I, I still think that like, I mean, this is an almost two-hour movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, but it, in the grand scheme of things, there isn't technically a lot that happens. Like, we don't really spend that much time in and in or out of room to like really have a sense that the film, like, to me, it didn't feel too long. Like, it felt like right. because the the events themselves are so short and condensed. But, like, it still felt like every, at every turn there is something that is being presented in a way that's supposed to be, like, shocking. Um, and, and, like, for instance, like, there's a scene, and I'll try to say this ambiguous, as ambiguously as I can, where, like, the boy is counting thrusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Yeah, that's very vague. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I can't for the life of me think of what that's supposed to be other than like oh how horrific is that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i I don't understand the significance of that at all and i don't understand the significance of like the constructs of what's happening in that scene like why like i I just don't get what like the characters are thinking in that you know what i mean like like right i it was a very disturbing moment i i think this is one of those things where the movie is based on a book, so it has, like, source material with a somewhat rich base of people who have read it. Yeah. So I feel like there are probably thing there are moments like that, and there are a few other moments that happen between um, the boy and Brie Larson's character where they'll refer to something that has happened 
or some kind of typical event yeah in a way that's like it only makes sense in the context of a world that i don't know that a book already unpacked <laughs> a little bit more um so the counting one i kind of can imagine that being a scene that maybe in the book isn't literally counting <laughs> those events but more <laughs> like counting and escaping into kind of a dream world yeah yeah i i can definitely see that um I think, so one thing I really liked about the movie, and I think I, I'm just kind of a sucker for this. I'm a sucker for movies about good people being good people. <laughs> and I think there are these characters in the movie, uh, the stepfather and mother, who kind of develop a relationship with this boy after the events of Room took place. Yeah. And... That could have been played as so cheesy, but there was just something like really delicate and nice about it. I like I just like the idea of watching watching people behave in reasonably good ways rather than just being like mean because the script would call for characters to be more shallow and one dimensional. <laughs> well, let l- let me ask you this: like, what did you think of the casting? of the the of brie larson's mom's boyfriend because he screamed like pedophile rapist to me yeah 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 i i felt like the movie wanted to twist that i feel like when he's first presented he is supposed to be like an intruder like this thing that is threatening the family stability that she's been waiting for yeah um i think that was intentional and i think he did a great job in contrasting him to William H. Macy's character of the father of showing, like, by the way, this is not who this character is. <laughs> well, like, I, I, I mean, part of it is probably the asshole Arclight staff members, like, terrible introduction to the film. But, like, to me, I was reading all sorts of, like, what if that's, like, the father of old Nick? And, like, really? they're pulling some, like, double shenanigans on the family and like she escapes from the room only to be like thrust into like discover like i expected some scene to like her walking through hallways looking at photos and then seeing like old nick in a photo with like the mom's boyfriend oh man talk about about casting or acting though the one thing i really wasn't vibing with was the character of old nick and like i i get they tried to make him be a subdued character who's um his psychosis is like buried deep enough under delusion that he acts like a normal dude. But his reaction, especially in the events that lead up to the escape, <laughs> I could not buy them at all. It was, it just seemed like so unemotional and like, ah, well, all right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really know what the movie was trying to do with his character, except for like purposely steer as far from the, obvious drama as possible (laughs) yeah but yeah i think the two things that i really liked about this movie the things that are brought up uh one is the idea of the boy who has grown up knowing nothing but this tiny room and a television it's i'm sure reviewers are gonna talk all about this too but it have you heard of like plato's allegory of the cave yeah yeah like the whole movie i was thinking about it (laughs) yeah exactly like this is that movie like a person who has only seen 
two-dimensional projections of a world and like trying to point at something to a dog and he looks at your finger like he can't extrapolate beyond the thing he's looking at yeah Um, and i think this movie did a pretty remarkable job of making me believe what life would be like for a person who was grown up in that environment like the way he understands the world and some things are magic some things are real some things are tv things occasionally things I've seen in TV become real because they're brought to the door. Um, I I thought that development and how he lives outside of the world, kind of the, the shyness and slowly breaking out of his shell and opening up. I thought that was like fantastically done. Um, Definitely compared to the sort of movie where the escape would have been the finale (laughs) rather than the beginning of the second act. Um, I think it did a really good job of unpacking kind of what life would be like for him. The other thing I liked about it was the kind of Stockholm syndrome is the wrong word, but the way it explored how you miss a terrible thing you've been in once you get out and find out that the real world isn't perfect either. Yeah. Um, In the character of Brie Larson, which I think also brought some of the more, openly sentimental moments too. Um, But I do think it was kind of a a risky move to focus how both of these people, after they leave, there's a sense in which they, they don't prefer the real world. Like they're the movie frames it kind of in a gone girl way where they're the center of attention that everyone wants to talk to. And there's, you know, reporters swarming everywhere. And it, it does this kind of very blatant, but I thought pretty affecting still thing of making it so in the end, they still are trapped in a room <laughs> with very similar rules of like, don't look out the window, don't go there, don't touch that. <laughs> well, yeah, in- instead of being trapped in a room, they're just trapped in a house. So they have a few yeah, rooms exactly. to, to, to go between, but they still can't escape to the outside world. Yeah, and, and I think the interesting thing that that brought up, to me at least, is like what you know what is life good for like at what at what boundary are you happy with life versus not being happy like is it a room when you don't believe there's anything more or a world where you know there's so much more but you still are very limited in where you can go (laughs) and what you can do yeah ignoring all the other stuff old nick does that would make it terrible yeah (laughs) but it, it reminds me a little bit of like uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to equate traveling to being locked in a room for your entire life. But I mean, it's it's sort of like when you go on vacation somewhere where it's like you have all your things or like you have you're still connected to your bank accounts and all the things you had at home are still wherever it is you're vacationing to. But at the same time, you don't have anything. You're sort of like stuck in wherever it is you traveled to. And while you can sort of branch out from there, it's not like familiar and it's not like safe and it's not what you're used Mm -hmm. to it's another thing that's like what you had before but you sort of are still contained to whatever you traveled with Mm -hmm. yeah i I think that's a good analogy it's like a freedom that you can't use for anything (laughs) (laughs) and i i think like obviously this would be a very depressing movie if that were what it ended on (laughs) yeah yeah there is an arc for characters to go through but I did think it was interesting, and I 
I can imagine, especially for a kid who grew up in that very predictable world where things are magical and everything is known and everything is catered to you, there would be a sense of like, hey, I'm five years old. How come being outside now and being in this other house is like better than where I was? I had toys where I was. I, I was happy. Yeah. Um, and the, I, I just think that's an interesting way of thinking and a pretty, as far as movies go that dramatize big events like this, it was a pretty interesting spin on on a more traditional story. Well, see, I, I think that's part of one of the things that like makes me wrestle so much with the film in general is that like there there is so much to unpack and so much jumping off points for talking about different ideas that like I don't know if like the narrative itself doesn't work that much for me because I spend too much time thinking about logistics of thing. Like for instance, they like once you finally see the shed they're in, it's like a literal shed on the outside with one locking door, but like. Mm-hmm. When it, the re, the way they always know old Nick is coming is because they hear what sounds like a submarine door hatch opening, and then like a guy going downstairs and then punching the keypad on the door. But yeah. like that can't happen because it's just the keypad on the outside of the shed. Like like before they actually get out, you like I was assuming it was some like subterranean <laughs> like mm-hmm. shelter that he had built in his like doomsday prepper shed in the backyard. But no, it's an above ground. It's a regular above down above ground shed that happens to be like insulated from noise um so like i think about that i think about the the old nick when he is when he has when he does visit the room like why he thinks that the the cupboard is both soundproof and a separate location um Mm -hmm. i think about like once they like i want to know the movie that takes place three months from now when like Brie Larson still doesn't have a job and her mom is kind of sick of taking care of her because she just sits around the house all day. Like, like I, I, because of the situation, I think, well, like, yeah. So like you have been locked away for like most of you becoming an adult, you have no serviceable skills. Like you, you don't have a job, so you can't like make a living now. Like how do you then go from like, I mean, of course that, you know, they talk about the fact that you know, by getting these interviews, she's able to get paid money by like the the media to like have money. So like there's explanation for it, but there's still like the film doesn't show her actually reintegrating into society. Like it ends before like that kind of stuff takes place. So yeah. it it's, I don't know, it's just, a, it's a weird thing. Like there's so many questions I have, which I'm not, I'm not even expecting the film to answer it. Like I'm not down on the film because it doesn't offer things for those. It's just the scenario itself requires so much uh, thought to me. It's such an interesting idea that, like, I don't, like, understand the motivations of old Nick, the guy who captured her. Oh, I, not at all. Not I, at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I kept, like, wondering if there was going to be a reveal or, like, what his whole plan was. It Like, I guess, I mean, all the time we hear about, like, oh, we just found this girl who's been missing for 12 years and it turned out some, like, psychotic guy was keeping her in her compound as one of his, like, 30 wives or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, we hear these kind of stories all the time. And I've never really given thought to what they did with them for 12 years. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But, like, to me, keeping somebody inside a shed in your backyard is not a sustainable means of, like, like what is he getting out of that? Like, 
I would assume if you abduct like a really little girl and you sort of raise her as your daughter and she is brainwashed and doesn't know that she belonged to somebody else and you're just you're living the normal life but with somebody else's kid that you abducted like I'm not saying that makes sense to me what I'm saying is like like I like I get the motivation right <laughs> right if you're walking you're tiptoeing a very dangerous line but no yeah i get it um yeah i'm not i'm not i feel like the the only conceivable the only conceivable motivation for him is delusion and like the movie tries to hammer that home like the idea that he thinks he's providing and he is helping and it's a tough world out there and you should be happy for what i give you um but you don't know the root of that like what at at some point, he actually did take this person, and he couldn't just immediately, at like, like an instant's notice, believe that he is caring for them. Like, like there had to be some kind of progression that took place. Yeah, and yeah, I have no idea what that was. I don't even know exactly how old she was when it happened. I I feel like the movie didn't tell me a lot of detail. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't fully. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I don't remember feeling like I knew full out right. Mm-hmm. Also, I, they have lawyers coming to the house, and yeah. I'm never quite sure what the trial is about. Yeah, well, I guess you you still have to have a trial even when a person is obviously guilty. Um, I mean, they had a conversation about that of like everyone thought he would take a plea bargain and he didn't take it. Yeah, so like I, I you just, still have to have people come and testify. Yeah, I, I just I feel I feel like that could have been made. And maybe in the book there's a whole like chapter about the court case and stuff, but it just seems like there isn't. There's a Bridge of Spies sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the Standing Man represents Old Nick. Tom Hanks comes in. <laughs> so you like little girls, do you? <laughs> yeah. Everyone deserves a fair trial. <laughs> Did you have a warrant when you went inside the shed? <laughs> now, a shed is not a house. Now, you had a warrant for the house, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's two for one. There's a, there a, there a woman and her son. And, and as far as world building goes, by the way, there was a one kind of recurring motif in the movie that while I was watching it, I could see another version of me sitting there and hating is the narration of the kid. That that happens sometimes. And this kid is like, he is not a extremely soft-spoken, like mild-mannered kid. This is like an extremely loud, incredibly close kid <laughs> on many occasions. Like he, he, you know what I mean? I mean, he, he, he is supposed to be like very enthusiastic. And when there's narration, it's like, this is room. I live here. The, you know, like very kind of, big and in the context of the movie and in the way that he and joy are coping with the situation i actually thought it worked really 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 well but i did think it was like a kind of daring way for the movie to go like it wasn't it wasn't cute <laughs> it it never felt cute to me it felt more like very sad of a a kid having to be happy in this situation yeah, it it is weird because like there was such a stark contrast from the time that he wasn't narrating and the time that he was. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I agree, it did sort of work for the context of of the story because it's like he 
he literally doesn't know that there's anything outside of room. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like room is his world. Um, and I love the idea too of, of, of like, so he, he, he sees things that are like him on TV, but those things are all the fake things. Like those are imaginary, but he's real. But like the things on TV aren't real unless he sees those things in physical space. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just so much really interesting content in this in this movie that that really makes me think. Uh, you know, it brings up you know allegory of the cave, like s- simple, like there th- there's simple concepts of like you know also, you know being beings out there that you can't see or communicate with, but like you know are there versus what you see in the world that you're in. Like there's so many like really interesting things to sort of play around with and to like. This is like a movie that you see and then you go grab beers and talk about random concepts from the film. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. Well, and like some, like you mentioned, the movie doesn't really explore everything. I, I think it is kind of restrained to a fault a little bit. Like one moment after being rescued, um, Joy and the boy, I forgot his name completely, Jake. I, I, <laughs> I wish know. the movie was called Joy and the Boy. <laughs> Joy and the boy in the really quiet room. <laughs> yeah. Joy, Grace, she's all the fruits of the spirit. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's a moment where they are looking in a mirror and it's the first time he's ever seen himself yeah. before. And that's a moment that in most movies would be like slow-mo camera zooming in on him as he like quivers in excitement. And in this movie, it's just like, huh. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> like, like it's just one of those tossed aside things where it's one of many, one of many things that we would take for granted that are like, oh yeah, this is brand new for these people. Yeah. But not, not really focused in a very emotional way. I actually would be really interesting to hear what like a psychologist would say about that. Cause they like, I've seen random videos of different things where they talk about like the, the age at which a child starts to recognize self and like mm-hmm. identifies a, their own reflection as being themselves and not just like baby, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I wonder if like you don't, if you never have that part of your development as a child, even at age five, would like would you see that reflection as being self, or would you see it as? It's true, five year old boy. <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting question. I want to know how the book of this goes because apparently it's a fairly beloved novel and i just can't imagine what a book would feel like <laughs> like addressing these themes i yeah. don't know I'm, I'm curious as am i, <laughs> I uh, the book is told from the, the kid's point of view like the film is right probably i assume so I, yeah I i can't say for sure <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, any, any last thoughts about the film? No, <laughs> I think we covered it. <laughs> one, one last random thought, because I like to end with those usually. Um, I'm really you know, at at the scene, like once the escape finally happens, and like the the first stranger they encounter. I love how like that guy is like little girl, little girl, right? Because like the first yeah. time I saw the trailer for this movie. Uh, like I just was like, oh, cool, mom and her daughter. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. like I, when I started hearing other people talking about like wanting to see room, and then I was like, wait, son, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because it was so 
here's a question, which which is an, uh, another thing that like made me like. It's another one of those things that it didn't take me out of the film, but like there's so many questions running through my head. I started thinking about the logistics of like making the film. And I wondered if, because like clearly they had knives and stuff, right? Because she was yeah. cutting fruit. So they have implements. I was thinking about things. that too. Yeah. And, and you know, I know that in story wise, they talk about like his hair being hit, hit, where his strong comes from or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But I started to think because there were a lot of like scenes that involved, uh, things that might be awkward between an adult woman and a young child. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wondered if they went with long hair so that on, in different shots, they could not have it be the boy. <laughs> well, okay. So that's interesting. I, I thought you were going to go a more psychological route of him being brought up as a kind of like more effeminate or neutral type character. <laughs> Because of this close relationship with the mother and no one else. Yeah. Um, yeah, the logistics of making the movie, I mean, maybe. I don't know how old the actor is. At a certain point, I feel like nobody would care. Yeah, yeah but I, I just mean that, like, there are scenes where they're both in a bathtub together. Yeah. And sure. there are scenes where, like, he's breastfeeding. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I was just wondering if, like... Like having it be somebody, some, uh, uh, was that a creature? Having it be a child with like really long hair, they could like <clears throat> sub in anybody they wanted for <laughs> for different scenes, right? They could do the Peter Jackson thing where it's just like a little person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, that, that's an interesting point, though. Um, I kind of assume not because I assume the book also mentioned this because that hair plays a kind of prominent role in a few different things yeah good call good call that makes way more sense than than trying yeah. to be um, a little i don't know <laughs> either way these are all things that run through my head mm-hmm. when i'm watching movies <laughs> anyways the verdicts uh yeah i'm <laughs> this is like somewhere between recommend with a caveat and I'm, oh, you're supposed to do the intro first. It's all right. I, I couldn't tell whether you were like, you, 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 you sort of half ummed so quickly to, yeah, that I didn't know if you were going to say something and then I was going to go, but then you started. So I was going to let you go. But yeah, people know the if, scale if, now. <laughs> if I want to give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat or a must avoid, what would I give it? Yes, <laughs> I would. It, it's teetering between must see and recommend with a caveat. I do think there is a little bit of over sentimentality, and there also is kind of an. Th- this movie is a little too sentimental to be like just a very dark, interesting movie, but it's like a little too abrasive to be just a sentimental movie. So some people might be kind of unhappy with the balance. I think I have to give it a must-see. I think it was a very thought-provoking, well-acted movie that also had plenty of emotion to it. <laughs> like I mentioned, the um, the escape scene I thought was just phenomenal. Like after everything that has been built up throughout the movie, it really hits you in the gut. So look, and like, I think the movie... What? Uh, I was going to say real fast, like like the... What, what moment after the escape hit you what was it the slow motion running towards the the police car <laughs> it was um 
No, it was the moment before all of that. Okay. The the thought of what is about to happen. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That was like a big adrenaline hit for me. Yeah. I, I Especially think... considering being cooped up your whole life in a room. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, like the the actual escape moments themselves were like pretty intense, and yeah. I think the the talking with the cops was 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 starting to build, and like for me, like the slow motion run to the car afterwards was like I was like, ah, oh, stupid movie, you got me, and then of course the woman <laughs> next to me started to go into her panic attack, yeah. and I just uh, so so much so frustrating, like you know, it, rips it, you right out of it. it. It's funny too because like. Like, I've been in rooms with you where I'm the only one defending the theater-going experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, no, watching movies in a theater with a bunch of people is great. But I, I've been getting every time I see a movie ever since. You can't blame it on San Francisco now. Uh, just every pretentious place you go to. God, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Like, I want to, I want to see a movie in peace. Right. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, um, must see for me. <laughs> must see for you. Um, I'm going to give it a recommend with the caveat. Uh, like I said, preface my review with the fact that I had my experience like mess with by a bunch of different circumstances. But I do think the film is really interesting. It does have a lot of like things that might be overly sentimental but on the whole they do mostly work but really this film is a film about like ideas of something like you know we hear about these type of stories all the time some are being caught this film tries to examine um some of the other elements that you wouldn't hear in those stories talking about it like oh why did this guy take those girls like this story is well what would it be like to live in there not just the like oh well like what did you eat what did, this is like more about like the world you build for yourself when you're trapped inside a world that's so confined um mm-hmm. and that for that it's really really interesting and i think worth a watch but maybe not as praiseworthy as i feel like i'm hearing people talk about <laughs> that, that's funny because my introduction to it was always kind of mixed praise i never had the kind of unreservedly positive <laughs> anything well i i mostly most of my like previews for films are people talking about the movie they will be reviewing soon <laughs> mm-hmm. or like you know they're like oh they saw it at a festival or something and they will be talking about it around the time it actually gets released so i just have in the back of my head oh these people are excited to talk about it i'm just assuming that means positive things <laughs> yeah yeah, so that is uh, our review of this. So, Stephen, you want to let everybody know where they can find you throughout the week? Yeah, if you can find me, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Uh, people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at spoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879. The music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to the room. 
or I guess there's a soundtrack. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of scenes of silence in the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll just be silence. Yeah, it'll just be a little boy going like, "Hello, microphone. Hello, laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, glass of empty beer." <laughs> Hopefully, it's not a kid saying that. No. <laughs> Uh, but yes, that is our review. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully this movie may or may not be playing near you, but you know, hopefully, hopefully it is and you get a chance to. So we're going to head out. Thank you, Stephen, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, you'll always have me with you. Bad tooth. You, you keep it in your mouth, right? <laughs> it's not gross. No, it's not gross. Uh, but uh, we'll... we'll We'll talk at the rest of you guys later. Bye. Bye.